0: Jim Filtramade, 25 yards
1: out. Lovely ball for Pella. Onside. 1-0. The fast shot. Oh my word. He ran around a bit like Bambi on ice. Very, very embarrassing to watch.
0: And now, your host, Matt Markstone. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Southampton Delivery Podcast, a podcast and newsletter dedicated to the Southampton Football Club and all of the SFC fans. My name is Matt Markson. I'm the host of the show. And no matter where you are, no matter how you may be listening, whether this is your first time or you've been here before, thank you for making the show a part of your day. I hope that you enjoy it. And obviously, Arsenal did not go the way uh, we would have hoped. And especially, it didn't go the way that uh, some of the recent games against Arsenal have gone. We have really stayed in it with them. We have given them a run for their money. Even Mason, who wrote for the newsletter, Last week, thought that uh, the game would be would be close and that we would be in it. And we were for about six minutes. Uh, and by the 17th minute, it was clear that Arsenal were just going to be better than us. And that, that really, that, that we had made too many mistakes already. And the defending was fairly comical and so on and so forth. But you know what? We move on. Uh, we have a huge match on Wednesday against Fulham. Uh, by the time you listen, that will be tomorrow. Um, so that is really... What we have set out in front of us, but uh, Sunday didn't really go the way we would have hoped on the pitch. It did definitely didn't go that way for Michael Obafemi, and uh, we'll talk with Christian Candler, who is my guest this week, about that. He's on Twitter at Candler Nero. Uh, links to that are in the show notes, of course, and uh, we'll talk about all of that with him. Um, but my day didn't exactly go as planned either. In fact, by the seventeenth minute, so seven or six, sorry, twenty-two a.m. Um, I, I was having a beer because that seemed what, like what kind of a day it was going to be, uh, then was on the ugly inside and had a full day planned. We recorded the podcast at some point. And by the time I sat down to edit the podcast, I was starting to feel a little bit sick. There is a portion of the editing time where I don't remember because the NyQuil kicked in. So if there's anything weird in there, we can just blame it on that. But I hope, uh, I hope not. Uh, and then today, as we got home, um, still not feeling great. This is the first time I haven't had a cough drop in my mouth uh, or a throat lozenge, whatever you want to call it, for the past uh, several hours. But uh, we walked in and it was very clear that the dog had uh, gotten into it with a skunk inside the garage. So um, literally, I'm sitting here and everything smells like a skunk. The dog is getting a bath. And I really just want today to be over. But anyway, the show must go on. So we're going to get into it with Christian Candler. Um, this is about all my throat can take. I'm supposed to be back on Wednesday for a special Patreon-only episode after the Fulham match with Alec Weiss, who just spent some time over in in England, so hopefully everything's back to normal by then. Um, So let's get into it now, and as always, thanks for listening, and don't forget, you can sign up to get the free Friday newsletter. Uh, The link is in the show notes. We'll give you one article a week uh, and a few other updates and things like that that you won't get anywhere else. And uh, hopefully it uh, is an enjoyable read. Uh, So far, the feedback has been good. So uh, anyway, if you're interested in that, the link is in the show notes. Uh, You can get more information at southamptondelivery.com, which is the show's website. Uh, And yeah, so with all that said, let's get into the conversation uh, with Christian Candler. Uh, I enjoyed it. Hope you do, too. We'll talk to you next time. We'd like to welcome to the Southampton Delivery Podcast, Christian Candler. Christian has been on the show before. He's on Twitter, at Candler Nero. Uh, He just wrote the first ever article for the newsletter. And now we're back, and this is, uh, we were talking beforehand, this is two years to the day, I think, that you were on the show the very first time because it was was uh, post-EFL Cup Final, uh, kind of hangover day, whatever you want to call it. And uh, we had to sit there and talk about that. But... um, Welcome back, Christian, and thanks for joining the show.
1: No, yeah, thanks for having me back on. It's, it's always a pleasure to be on here, and yeah, it's kind of crazy. It's two years to the day since that the infamous League Cup final.
0: Yeah, and I, I didn't plan that. That was just just happened to, to be the day that it works out, and a number of things make today a little bit weird in terms of it's, that it's two years to the day there, but we also have people very close to us who support uh, the team that uh, got three points today. Um, so I know your brother's a big Arsenal fan. Um, yeah he's
1: he's very happy today um it, it was a gooders over him, not so much for me.
0: my son hasn't said anything to me about it, so that's nice uh my best friend did text me um and I just texted him the picture of the beer I was drinking at six twenty two a m and he said that's probably about right <laughs> so yeah, everybody's doing okay and, and uh I was talking with Freddie earlier from the ugly inside we did the preview for the full match and uh one of the things we said kind of off air was just this is it's not, it's not the end of the world, you know, it's,
1: that's right. Yeah. It,
0: it's not a great result. It wasn't a great performance even, but uh, there's, there's more games to come and uh, y- there's life outside the, the premier league if it comes to that, but I'm not con- even convinced that uh, that's it. I'm just, I'm just trying to prevent myself from going into a full blown meltdown.
1: Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's a few reasons to be optimistic. You can kind of, if you want to think about it, like Dr. Strange, you can see the different worlds that. Lay um, before us in terms of our future, and in a few of them, you can see the end of the world um, for Southampton, and then in a few of them, you can see us um, pulling it through. And so there's there is still hope.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, you obviously the the newsletter is something new that the pod, that I'm trying to do with the podcast and all that stuff, and you were one of the first people I contacted in terms of, of potentially writing for it, and you agreed to to kind of help out there. So I appreciate uh, that, but. In addition to to that, and uh, what else? Like, uh, where else can people find your writing? Because you've written for a number of outlets over over the years, from like I think Breaking the Lines to um, I think it was EIF. Is that, is that right?
1: Yeah, yeah, I've written for them. I, I did a little bit for SB Nation, um, and so it, it's all on my website. If you want to go to www.candler.us, us, it's just like a candle and stick an R in the end. Um, all my writing is going to be there. I've been a little less active. Lately, um, but I'm looking to to start that back up as I, I'll get, as I, yeah, just in the future, I'm looking forward to starting that back up.
0: Yeah, well, you had some major life changes in terms of graduating from college and doing all that stuff. So it's understandable yeah. that some things, you I'm know, an adult you gotta, now. You need to adjust. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Welcome to being an adult. Um, It's pretty good until you decide to drink beer at 6 in the morning and have stuff to do. Um, yeah, and
1: you have to do things like pay your rent and pay <laughs> the electricity bill.
0: Seriously, seriously, I mean, if so, if people want to find you writing, they can go to the website and the link, of course, is in the show notes. And um, I don't know is is there anything is there any major update or anything for since the last time we talked? It hasn't been two years. We we talked uh, cicada time. Remember that a couple of uh, last year, I think.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: So I mean, any any major updates since then?
1: Um, not not really. Getting ready uh, to to start working in a lab, pr- hopefully in the fall getting ready for graduate school, still, still looking to go into neuroscience and, um, get my PhD. So working right now, but getting in preparation for, um, that part of my future and yeah, just looking forward to being a nerd for the rest of my life. <laughs>
0: uh, well that's, uh, that's admirable. Cause I could not, cannot do that. I, uh, five years of, of school was enough for me. So yeah. it,
1: it, it's how I keep my mind stimulated, I guess. Like whenever I've done research in the past, like it's, it's just, it's constant problem solving. You're running to experiment and you're running into problems. And so you're always trying to find creative, creative solutions to, to these problems. And it's simple things like, Hey, I'll, like when I switched sugar in my coffee, like, Hey, I wonder how this, what this sugar would do to, to zebrafish. And so I did my research on that. And so it's, it, it I find it really intriguing to, to go after all these questions like
0: that. Yeah, like I that think I it's, I think it's important. Yeah. Otherwise you get complacent if you just sit and do kind of the same thing. So the, the stimulation is, is necessary, but I mean, let's, I guess let's, let's dive into the game yeah. uh, a, a little bit. Um, Obviously we had uh, an extended break because of the FA cup and all that stuff. And, and the team went off to Tenerife and the training looked intense. It, it, you know, you, they talked about the one-to-one meetings and everything that, that, uh Hassan had with all the players. And, I mean it, it all sounded really really good but when I when I mean that in the best way possible because I think in the past we've been able to look at like the Saints media team and and I think you and I have talked privately and said like if we feel bad for the Saints media team because they there is yeah, we do. there's almost nothing positive really going on at the club and they have to they, they're required to put this stuff out there so they're doing it and people are just just railing them for it but when I looked at 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 the, the stuff that was going on in Tenerife. I didn't get that. I didn't get that feeling. It looked like, no, this is actually genuine work going on. This isn't, you know, Shane Long finishing from seven yards out with no goalkeeper. You know, this is, this right. is actual work. Um, and it, I mean, disappointingly it did. I don't think it showed up a whole lot today.
1: I, I, I wish I was a fly on the wall in in some of these one-on-one meetings where Hassan had had the film and, you know, they're, pulling the film out to show to Charlie Austin or something and, or Jack Stevens or Elianusi. And it'd be interesting to see what Hassan Hoodle and his team were saying in these one-on-one soul searching meetings. It, it it would be interesting to see how that translated to the training and then what Hassan Hoodle saw in Tenerife and during the weekend training to choose the starting 11 today. That makes sense.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because I think that, I mean, Writing the the predicted 11 was difficult this week because there's been so much less uh, has come out of the club over that that week off. There was a lot of media coverage or, uh, from the club specifically during Tenerife. Afterwards, it kind of slowed down a little bit. The newsletter comes out on Friday. The press conference wasn't until Friday, so we had to put it together the night before. So it's, uh, you know, the the predicted 11... I didn't exactly see it going this way. I thought the back, the back line would have changed a little bit. I didn't see gun coming in. Um, But you wonder, you know, as a, as somebody who's coached sports and somebody who's played sports, like if the coach pulls you aside and says something like I'm expecting the player to, to kind of show almost an immediate kind of improvement. And as a teacher, when I, when I'm coaching somebody, uh, I've given somebody very specific feedback about their writing or about, Um, something else like the next time I, they, they do a piece of writing, I'm looking for that thing from them. So it's, uh, you know, you wonder how that, how that works out and, um, I don't know, we'll come on to Obafemi and other things in in a little bit, but let's, let's start just with the back line and, and, and the goalkeeper, I guess, because, um, Gunning comes in from McCarthy and just for you starting there is, do you think that was the right move or do you, did you, did you expect that to happen or, or were you surprised and either okay or not okay with the decision?
1: I was, when the starting lineup came out, I was a little happy with it. I think McCarthy has been a little shaky over the past few weeks. I think Gunn has a lot of talent. He's a really good shot stopper. Um, So when he came in, I I was happy with it just because of the way McCarthy's form has been over the past few weeks, if that makes
0: sense. Yeah. Yeah. And I think a, a slight wake up call, you know, yeah, just just remember, this guy is here, and he didn't come here to sit on the bench. He came here to to challenge for a spot. And
1: I think he deserved to be able to come in for this game. He he's deserved another chance. And sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off.
0: No, no, you're fine. You're fine. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I think I think that's absolutely the the right call there. And I don't really think he did too much wrong today. I think he, I think there one really big save. Maybe in more than one, but I think one that stands out in my mind was the kind of deflected shot, uh, or the deflected cross. Vestergaard yeah. came sliding in and deflected, and he managed to get a foot on it. Um,
1: he had a decent command of his box, too. Um, he never had really any problems in the air when crosses came in. Um, the one little, I guess, shaky thing was Steven's back pass. Um, he, he couldn't clear it, but that was, I don't know, that was just a mess all around. Yeah. Uh, I think he he didn't do himself too much harm. He didn't do himself too much good. Like it was, it, it was an all right game for them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I guess if you were just going to give him like a, a rating, it would just be, I think everybody starts at a six. So it'd probably be a, a seven or six and a half or a seven somewhere on yeah. there. Um, you just hope, I don't know. You, you kind of wonder, I mean, I think maybe I'm giving, this is, this probably doesn't quite work, but like, if you think back to when Stevens gave the ball away, Um, that led to the goal a couple of weeks ago, making that pass into the middle when we all said you should have just cleared it or put it out of bounds or, you know, lump it up the field, whatever you almost think maybe the same thing from, from gun there, let it run out for a corner or kick it out for a, for a throw. Um, but maybe trying to, whether I don't know if he was trying to, to get it to someone downfield, um, or if he was just trying to get it away and it just didn't quite come off it, it wound up, you know, leading directly to a goal, but, um, I don't know, like, it's a young player taking a shot. Uh, there you go. And I know Stevens is a little bit older than than that, but um, I don't know. I, I don't think I can fault him too much. But um, going in, into the center backs, uh, I think everybody knew Bednarak and Vestergaard would be there. I think the only question was, was Yoshida going to come in for Stevens? And um, personally, I thought that that was going to happen with the, yeah, I can understand him not coming, Yoshida not coming back in directly after um, his return from from international duty simply because that back three had been together for a while. Uh, and, but I thought that after this, after this, uh, this time away, you know, or time off with the the entire team ready to work and able to work together, I thought that Yoshida would have, would have resumed his starting position and it didn't happen. But what was your kind of decision about, or your feeling, I guess about that?
1: Well, if, if I'm, if I'm Ralph, I'm putting myself into his shoes for a second. And we've had the week in Tenerife, we've had the week of training, I've had a chance to sit down one-on-one with Stevens, and we've had a chance to go over the film and and those mistakes, and especially, like, the Burnley handball, and we're able to work one-on-one with Stevens and say, okay, no more mental lapses, and I think it was almost a vote of trust, like Ralph said to Stevens, okay, I'm trusting you now that we've gone over all of this, I'm trusting you to step up, and so i can i can understand it from that point of view i do think now going into the future we will not see stevens for at least a few weeks and yoshida will come in or we'll just go to the back four like we
0: did um for the second half and i think yeah you give you give the guy one more chance right you let him yeah. go prove himself because otherwise if you just if you just t- give him all this stuff and then you shove him away it's the chance to demonstrate that unless he comes in and does it uh, for the u23s or something like that then he doesn't have a chance to to really show that so yeah i i i get that and, and I can't say, you know, that I was, even, even though I did kind of think Yashida would come in, I, I'm not going to pretend like I was 100% disappointed in the, in the decision or even surprised by it. it, it I think if you, like, if you walk through it the way you did, it kind of makes sense to to, to do that a little bit. Yeah. I was not surprised to see the, the three midfielders, Hoiberg, Romeo, and Ward-Prowse together. Um, not surprised to see Valerie. Maybe a little surprised to see Target, but looking ahead to, to Wednesday, uh, maybe you think that's the that's the one we have to go get. That's the win we have to go get and right. today was always gonna to be tough. So maybe you save Bertrand for that because the the likelihood of him being able to play, you know, two games back to back, maybe you maybe you let him try to play Wednesday Saturday instead. I, I don't know. Yeah. So
1: especially since he was out so much for the first half of the season. Right. I don't think he could have played three games this week. So that's fine saving Bertrand for the game against Willem because it is so crucial.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, I think the, the, the Kind of question we all had was there's no long in the squad, but you have Armstrong and Redmond up front um so not really a recognized striker but but two guys who can run and who can press and who can kind of create i think space and um shots for themselves, which I think is what we want um with right. when we're playing the way we are so i was I was pretty happy that was something that I don't think we've ever seen uh Mark Hughes do that I think that was a that was a tactic that was somebody who was willing to to, to try something a little bit different. And, and unfortunately it just didn't come off, but I think it's, I don't think it necessarily had anything to do with the, uh, the formation we played or the forwards we chose or anything like that.
1: Yeah. Um, I, I think Ralph probably looked at a lot of the film from when we played Arsenal previously, either that was the, um, the game that he won uh, earlier in the season or in seasons past and Arsenal have just always had trouble marking our forwards. And so, like the goal that comes to my mind is the goal. It, it was at the Emirates. I think it was a couple of years ago, but the ball was just kind of crossed in and the Arsenal center backs just kind of stand there and don't mark Shane Long who runs and and taps in. They just didn't mark him well at all. Right. It was, so best, I think that it was, was the Yeah, that's right. Um, and so I think that was very, the, there was a lot of thought behind that and they were trying to draw those same mistakes from the Arsenal um, defense.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's, and, and Arsenal's defense is, has been a bit of a mess. It's been injury kind of prone and, and things like that. So the idea that we, you know, they would be there for the taking that way, even when you look and you, you see that Licksteiner is going to be playing in a fullback position. Uh, Kalasinac, he plays much, much better as a, as a wingback. He likes to get forward. He's He was going to be a threat down that side all day, but there should have been space in behind him. And unfortunately, I just don't think we were in the game long enough to be able to exploit it. And then even, I think they had to to go and bring Koscielny on, I think at some point. Yeah. Wasn't it, uh, Lickshiner had to go off injured. So, you know, lots and lots of of stuff there. But I mean, overall, maybe you can question the manager over, over the Steven selection, but everything else I think is, is, uh, is fine there. I I don't think I can, I can really give him any, any, any issue or take issue with any of the things that he did.
1: He couldn't have started Obafemi, just because he's been out hurt. And we saw that he was, because he went off so early in the yeah. game, and then he, we're missing Lamina, we're missing Ings, so I think the the lineup makes sense from just our injuries standpoint too.
0: And I guess, I, I guess this is a as good a time as any to say Ralph's doing the best he can here, but. Is that enough? Is what he has enough? Or, or or did we really need to make sure that we strengthened? Does it, does it highlight the fact that we needed to strengthen in January and we failed to do so?
1: Oh, we absolutely needed to strengthen, strengthen in January. If you look at Ralph's post-match press conference to, I think it was, it was either Cardiff or Burnley. I can't remember off the top of my head when he said, this is not a Premier league squad. And he, he was very adamant about that. And I think we could all, Agree. There's a lot of talent on this squad, but there are individuals, and the depth isn't there to make it a full Premier League squ- strength squad. And Debbie left, Cedric left, and we have all of these other players on loan. Steven Davis, Jordy Classy, Carrillo, Bufal, who are still technically on our wages, but they are they've been loaned out. And so we don't have that money from them. And it's just, it's frustrating that we couldn't bring anybody in in January to just be a, a fresh face for the players to be more competition for the starting 11 for the players. So they're fighting harder. Just, it, it is frustrating that we couldn't bring anybody in.
0: Yeah. And it, I think a lot of people were disappointed with it. And I think rightly so. And I think a lot of people were disappointed that we couldn't seem to get some of these players off the wage bill completely, you know? Yeah we saw Gabby Dini go away and he's, he's doing okay. And, uh, we've, we've had this conversation a bunch too. Um, the ESPN, ESPN plus here in the States means we can watch a lot of, uh, yeah. Syria. And so that's the best,
1: best subscription service, I think on the market right now,
0: it's got a lot of football on it. That's for damn sure. Um, but I mean, I mean, if we get back to like us starting the game, I, I thought that the the game plan was obviously going to be to to, to press, Uh, to try to force mistakes high up the pitch I think from their center backs and then once the ball kind of got into midfield probably maybe to drop back a little bit um, and and try to stay compact but if we could win it high up we would Um, Redmond and Armstrong are going to do that well I don't know Like five minutes of it was great Um, and then Redmond gets gets played over the top and, and through and Unfortunately, Leno was just was just up for it, you know. Yeah. And I and I thought that Redmond did the right thing. He he got the he got the defender to to overcommit and then was able to cut it back and just you know goalkeeper came up with a save and that's what happens. But uh, just the the idea that we will then give up a goal immediately, I think, just kind of throws a lot of the game plan out the window.
1: Yeah, I think maybe it's harsh of me, but I think he should have scored. We weren't going to get that many chances against. Arsenal like high quality chances like that, and for him to get through, that was a perfect way for us to to stamp our authority on the match early, and then yeah, they they made us pay for it at the other end.
0: Yeah, and I, and and I think a lot of people were, I don't know if if we had assumed we were going to concede, concede the penalty. You know, it it did look like Stevens might have done enough to to give one away there, yeah. but I I my my biggest question there is how. How does Mkhitaryan get that? Like, there's nobody. He's inside the 18 yard box. He's almost, I think, you know, almost on the edge of the six yard box, and there's nobody around him. Like, target is so far tucked in. I'm just not sure. Like that, that has to be a mistake, right? I mean, we have we have three center backs in there. You 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 have to have people covering some of these other these other runners. But maybe maybe because Stevens was still late coming in, that target decided to to step in a little bit closer. I I I don't know. It's it it was was several beers ago so like (laughs) that this is this is kind of how i remember it but um i I mean from your perspective was there a mistake there on target's part or was it just a mess overall
1: it's it's a weird goal to look at i remember watching it at at halftime and i I just said what in the world was going on because stevens is running like the opposite direction after he's knocked over um i I can't remember who he knocked over was it like
0: um, no, I think it was Torreira. Torreira. That's right.
1: He, he knocks over Torreira, and he's completely just keeps running the opposite direction and doesn't even look at the ball at that point. And he, he's like falling over himself. Benderick and Vestergaard, of course, lost because um, the ball's gone over them. Target should have been closer to the area, and, and then it, it was almost, I, I want to call it almost luck, um, from Lacazette. He got himself in a really good position. He opened his body up, but I, I don't think that was what Mkhitaryan wanted to do. And so it was just, it, it was a mess all around.
0: No, I mean, if Mkhitaryan goes into the locker room and tries to claim that was a cross or a pass, like he's absolutely lying. Um, yeah. He was 100% trying to drill that away and, and I don't necessarily blame him for it. And it was a great finish from Lacazette.
1: Yeah. It just, it shows the difference in quality, I think between like a top six Premier League side and um, versus us. Cause that goal never happens for us, but you make your own luck when you're that talented in attack, I guess. Yeah. Uh, It it just shows the difference in quality.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think people are going to, they're going to be upset. And I think that, I think that kind of ruffled everybody's feathers and and it was kind of like, well, how, then how do we respond? Because now if, if Arsenal can just sit a little bit deeper, that, that means we're going to have issues because we don't have the team set up to, to break them down, obviously. But Arsenal don't necessarily play that type of football. They don't like to sit back like that. They do like right. to keep coming. So there there they go. And and I, and I have a note here that Mkhitaryan, I think scored twice against us last time uh, when we were at St. Mary's, he was involved in the goal the first time and then, and then eventually scores the second. So uh, he seems to just have, have gotten target um, and, in just inside his head, you know, because he, he took it. He, he's, he's had a great couple of matches against him uh, and against us in general. So, Um, I don't know. I think that's going to, that was, that was always going to be tough, even though he doesn't seem to do a whole lot, uh, outside of playing us. I haven't really heard of (laughs) him, you know, spoken of positively, really, um, doing more than Alexis Sanchez is. So that's That's working out for them, I guess, but that doesn't, that's not saying much.
1: Yeah. I think it, it was just intelligent movement, um, from him to get away from target for, for both goals. I guess he just knew where to be to separate himself from target, whether that was like a a mental thing where, where he said, Oh, I know like how to, how to get away. Or if it was just lapses from from target.
0: Yeah. So after they score the first goal, we, the, the reaction from the team is, is actually pretty decent. There's a good spell of possession. They're moving the ball around. I want to say, um, it was Armstrong who came by and kind of maybe clipped Kolasinac and left him on the ground, even though it was totally unintentional, but we played on and and there was a a ball swung in. I think the the target swung it in, um, Redmond nodded it down. Armstrong got ahead yeah. to it. It came off a defender. It came back out um, and target did well uh, the second time to get the ball out of his feet and get an absolutely, an absolute rocket of a shot, um, you know, going towards the, the far post. And Lena was able to, to, to make the save again and they were able to, Arsenal was able to get it away. So, uh, yeah. but I think that's what we, what we wanted. We, I wasn't really expecting us to play that well and have Arsenal moving around their box that much, but we did, we found a shot. We had two opportunities, but once again, the quality you talk about just, it wasn't there. And from that, uh, you know, the very next thing that happens is once again, they go down and put us under just a a slight little bit of pressure. Like we put them under so much more pressure today than they did to us for the most part. And, and yet every time they did it to us, we conceded.
1: Yeah, um, I, I, the color commentator for at least the American broadcast. I don't know if it was the same over in England, but he he, he said that we gifted both goals to Arsenal, and that, that couldn't be more true. And it, it was a, the poor back pass from Stevens, and then a, a poor clearance from Gunn, and then they just they made us pay. You can't make those types of mistakes against a team who can attack with the quality that Arsenal does.
0: Yeah, but I think if you look at their second goal, They capitalize once again on a mistake and they are ruthless and Mkhitaryan looks just calm and slots it away. And there's almost like there's no pressure on him, even though the gun was was coming to cover that side of the of of the goal relatively quickly. um, There's no chance for him to get there on that. And once again, it's just it's it's a silly mistake by us there were a couple of mistakes from a little bit of pressure from the opposition that that just shouldn't happen.
1: I, I think that's a good way to put it is calm. Um, Arsenal looked so calm whenever they came forward. And there's a section right after that, where um, I think it was Kolasinac and Ramsey played a couple one twos in the corner against uh-huh. Valerie and um, one of our midfielders. And so they, they just made it look so easy whenever they came forward and then whenever we were going up the other end, it just looked frantic and the opposite of Arsenal's calmness and going, going forward.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And somebody who wasn't, I don't think spoken a lot about today was, was Granite Xhaka, but he, for all the pressing we did, he seemed to be able to find just an extra second on the ball to take an extra touch and and make some, some decent passes to create some chances for them. Um, even though I would say both of their goals came from kind of mistakes from us, he was, he, I think he was actually pretty, pretty decent today, even though, even if it didn't show up just in the, in the commentary as much, but I don't know. I, I, I thought after that, you know, we, we still, we kept pressing, we kept, the game plan was still kind of there, but we kind of got, uh, we're getting towards halftime. I, I want to say from t- the 20th minute to like the 38th minute. Um, I don't really remember a whole lot happening. Um, Yeah. You can, you can see what I wrote in the notes. I didn't know needs to know that, um, but it's a, uh, you know, I I think that, that at one point Gunn had to come make a save uh, off of a corner. Um, I can't exactly recall it. I just have it in the notes. Um, and then I have here that Arsenal should have been up three, but it was... Uh, oh, this is when, this is yeah, when, I, when uh, Lacazette, Lacazette put kicked it over, high, right?
1: Yeah. And I, I can't believe he missed that. Um, but also, like, Lacazette definitely should have scored. But if you want to look at it from the other way, Gunn... Did well to put a lot of pressure on him very quickly, uh, once Lacazette got the ball inside the inside the box.
0: Yeah, and I was watching on the replay, and I'm not even sure that that uh, Kolasinac me- meant to kind of lay it off to him. You know, I think he was just coming forward, and it kind of came off him a little bit and fell to fell to Lacazette. But uh, Licksteiner did well to, to kind of start that whole thing, and uh, yeah, I was really really surprised that 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 we weren't down three. And then at that point, I think I just Wanted it to be halftime, and then Gunn had to make that, that kick save, uh, uh, and just after that, and yeah. after that, it's really just just get to halftime. Um, if you kind of think back to 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 Arsenal playing under Arsene Wenger, there was always the you hear like Klops heavy metal style football or whatever. There was always all these like music kind of puns yeah. or whatever being thrown around, and and Arsenal was just kind of like this free form jazz. They were very loose. They were just out there. Um, they were all working with one another, but there was no kind of set, um, like system or whatever. And it looked for periods today when they really got going that they were doing that. And I'm thinking specifically about the one twos with, with Ramsey and things like that. And you just look at them and go like that. They are good on their day. Oh yeah. Um, they're just not as consistent as some of the other top six sides, I guess, but I just have here that, you know, they're playing this beautiful jazz type, free flowing, inspirational football, and we can't defend a cross. Like that's, that's the difference between us and them right now.
1: Yeah, there was the the quote from Arsene Wenger when he got the when he got that lifetime achievement this week and he got up on stage and he was talking about coaching and how how it was an addiction to him to still watch and he he ended that little quote with when the best um soccer minds come together and the best soccer players come together you get you get art and that was always his philosophy was just this artistic way of playing and you definitely got to see that influence, uh, at the end of the first half.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I don't know, good football is fun to watch. Um, it's less fun to watch when it's being played against your team. So <laughs> I think, yeah. I think had Arsenal been doing that to a different team, I would have been, uh, all for it, but this weekend I would have preferred, uh, us to have, to ha- to have an answer just, uh, especially because <laughs> yes. of, cause yeah. of where, cause where it leaves us, but let's, let's run through the second half. Uh, really, uh, I told Freddie that, and this uh, I think his preview will come out for Fulham before before this episode comes out. But I kind of said like like the second half was kind of boring. Like I my feed for some reason was about four minutes behind, which was annoying. So it just meant that I didn't tweet as much because anything that I had to tweet had already passed. But you know, I I, I didn't I didn't see a, a whole lot. I mean, were there anything was anything of note? I mean, the the two halftime changes, of course, uh, Obafemi and, and Austin coming on. Um, I mean, do you have any issue with, with that, especially Armstrong coming off for Obafemi? Did, did that, that bother you at all? Or does that, does that matter? Or do you think that because of the system, we went basically four, four, two at that point. Do you think that was necessary?
1: I think, I think it was a fine change. Um, I would have been fine with just Stevens coming off, um, at that point, but, you know, I'm really fine. Something had to kind of change. We needed a fresh face for the second half. And so I think Ralph saw especially how we created our chances and it came with Redmond running through past past the defense. So I, I think the change made sense from that point because you could have Obafemi bursting past uh the defenders.
0: Yeah, and I think that, you know, giving giving him a chance with some confidence with uh you know, everything that came out of the week couple weeks off for him was was super positive in terms of the contract and the and the kind of talks he had with some of the senior players and yeah. There, there, I think, I think Hassan Hudel mentioned early on that there was something about him taking care of himself, you know, and you wonder what that meant. Whether it's, it's Dembele at Barcelona who just wasn't sleeping oh, enough, yeah. he was playing video games and eating crap, you know, eating fast food yeah. and stuff like that. And you wonder if that's what he was talking about or if it's just the fact that Obafemi really looks like he enjoys the weight room a lot. Um, yeah. he maybe doesn't enjoy yoga as much, and maybe, yeah. maybe he needs a little bit of that, you know, and so. It's uh that, that body type that he has, he could easily be a WWE fighter or W no, sorry. He needs to be a UFC fighter or something like that. But maybe this, you know, the, it, it's gotta be hard on his body to do the running that he does. And he winds up getting himself injured. And that's, that's not what we can't really afford that. I mean, we, our forward options are so light as, as it is that uh, you can't, you can't afford to have him out as often as he is.
1: Yeah. Um, I'm going to pull another quote from my dad, which I used in the, in the newsletter, uh, but this is a different quote, but my dad would always say with with those big guys running around that lift weights, he said that they look like refrigerators running around on the field, that they're just like tanks. Uh-huh. And so um Obafemi's definitely built like that. But with those players, like I remember playing against one of those guys growing up in soccer. Uh, his name was Roy. And whenever we went up against Roy, we knew it was going to be tough because he was going to run past us. He was going to run over us. He was going to get to the ball faster than us. But in one of those games that we played against him, he just ran a little too much and made an awkward turn or something. And he he was done. And it, you just got to be able to, to take care of yourself too.
0: Yeah. I mean, you, you can't have everything. I mean, with muscles that, that work that hard, you went, everything gets super tight and then you, you right. just takes a little bit of a tweak and, um, you know, they always talk about these guys are, these guys are working hard. It's not just cause they're in good shape. Doesn't mean that their bodies are not, you know, being put to the app being pushed to the absolute limit. And you want, you want players out there who are going to do that for you. Um, you just, but you run the risk of that happening. And I would be much more upset. I think if it was the case where I didn't feel like he was giving his all, you know, if he wasn't, if he wasn't really right. pushing himself anywhere, it's, uh, you know, I think that I would be much more upset, but it's still, it doesn't, it doesn't, help at all really in the grand scheme of things because we're still without a striker and we we need him you know we, between him and Ings that, that that's a lot of uh, potential firepower that's that's just out of the lineup and and it leaves us short especially on a day where um he was chosen in the squad over long you know right going going back to that we saw Stevens get pulled off and in the last couple of games it's been who has been who's gone off when we've gone to a back four so I think maybe that's a sign that, that Stevens just needs to be pulled out of the firing line a little bit and maybe we'll see that. But I don't know. I, I don't know if maybe Armstrong didn't have a great a great game today, but I, I would have I, I, I think I could have argued for him staying on.
1: Yeah, I think we had just been kicked in the teeth at that point. Like it was always going to be hard down down to at the Emirates to come back and get a couple more. And yeah. I think like I, I don't wanna talk about Arsenal too much today, but uh they I think the Emory's done well to hold on to those leads better than um Venger did in his last years. So it was always going to be tough to to do that at the Emirates.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um I do want to talk about about Moy coming on because when Obafemi goes down, I mean we made two hour our changes at halftime, like I said. And, yeah. And when Obafemi goes down, that means the only other change, that's the only other change we can make is bringing him off. And if you look at the squad, you look at who's there, it has to be Moyes going to come on. And I think he came in and got a cross blocked. You look at Redmond. you look at even Valerie and their, their kind of ability to create space for themselves and get a, get their cross away. Uh, you look at some of the other wingers around the league and their ability to just create that separation and create that space. It's, It's it's something that you need, and he just doesn't seem to have that that burst of speed, that step, that confidence to to create the space and get the ball in. It seems like it's always slow and and kind of uh, this this kind of long process to 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 get the ball into the box, and he gets closed down almost every time. And it's it's super frustrating because he I don't think he's I think he's only started maybe one Premier League game for for us the whole season, and when he's come on he hasn't looked like the type of player that that you see when you watch the highlight reel or that you kind of hoped we were getting and even Andy that I talked to about him who watched him play all last all last year um in, in Switzerland like this is not what he thought we were getting this is not the guy he saw last year so I don't know what it is about him now but it's it's yeah. just not happening for him
1: yeah for 16 million pounds i still don't think he has a goal or an assist for us So I think for the money we spent on him and the amount of time that we've played him to give him those chances, he has to be one of the worst signings we've had in the Premier League era uh, since since we've come up. Because he really hasn't done much of anything for us whenever he's played. And whenever he gets the ball, you think, all right, just do something. And either he runs into the defender in front of him or loses the ball. And so it's it's a little frustrating. And yeah, he, he scored against Manchester City for, for Basel last year. So why it, it is interesting to think about what's gone wrong.
0: Yeah, so he's got 15 appearances uh, in the Premier League for 700 minutes, uh, two appearances in the FA Cup for 191 minutes, one appearance in the EFL Cup for 90 minutes. So 981 total minutes, no goals, no assists.
1: That's That's not good enough for especially the money that we spent on him. I know he's not by record signing, but he's definitely close. And that's, those numbers aren't good enough.
0: No, and he's, I mean, and he was brought in to do, to create and to score goals and to contribute and he's just not anywhere near that. And part of that time that he should have been able to earn a spot was when Armstrong was out injured for all those, you know, Armstrong started the first game right. of the season and then disappeared. Yeah. Um And you got to wonder why wasn't Elianusi in there week after week, like really put his his foot down and and doing that because we could, you know, potentially under Mark Hughes, even like play a four, two, three, one of, of Redmond, Ellie or Redmond Armstrong and Ellie And that, that should be tough to cope with for teams, you know, uh, with Valerie overlapping and everything else, but we, we just don't have it. So um, I'm starting to get upset, I think. And I don't know why.
1: No. Yeah. I think (laughs) when, um, (laughs) when, when Hassan Hoodle came in, he was one of those players where I said, okay, now we're going to see the real Elianusi. Um, When you looked at the list of players that could really benefit from Hassan Huddle coming in charge, right. I think Elianusi might have been the top of my list for players who could have had the most positive influence from him, but he's still been relatively invisible.
0: Now, I mean, I don't want to be super negative, I and mean, I feel like we started off the show being okay, and then I've just kind of worked <laughs> yeah. myself into a frenzy as we've gone we on. Yeah, just- optimistic. Um, about, about just blowing up players. But, um, I I don't necessarily think it's being, it's being harsh, but it's just pointing out that the, the, the players that we need them to perform a little bit better, especially in the absence of, of some of these other guys. And, and it's not their fault that the team didn't, that the club, I should say, didn't, didn't bring in reinforcements, um, or that it's not their fault that the club has spent poorly in the past couple of windows. And we have all this money out on loan, you know, that's not their fault. Right. Um, the market itself is inflated, but you, there, there are expectations on them uh, on their shoulders that they need to kind of, they need to, they they need to own it. They need to go out there and and perform. And, um, some guys, I think, I think if you go back to what Redmond did over the summer where he basically went away, he kind of stopped worrying about Instagram and Twitter and anything else and just said like, I'm going to refresh myself and I'm going to just come do it. And he's had a great season some guys like to take on all the, all the pressure from social media and just kind of say like, okay, here we go. And I'm going to, I'm going to show you and then play with a chip on your shoulder. That's fine too. Um, You got to find what works for you. And then you actually have to go back it up. You know Um, it was, it was nice to see Raheem Sterling kind of have a go at the uh, newspapers the other day. I don't know if you saw that. It was,
1: yeah, Um, it was great,
0: you know? And and so it's just, it's, it's all on how you choose to deal with it. Um, But you got to have to, you have to perform on the field. And if you don't do that, then Uh, you know, we, we can only kind of hope for you for so long before we have to, I guess, I I guess join in on the criticism, even though it's, I'm not advocating for like bandwagon beating people down, but like, you know, there's a
1: difference between criticism and
0: abuse. Yeah, that's it. That's exactly it.
1: And I think we're in a really interesting span of a few years here where social media has really come in as this huge influence, um, it's had even so much influence starting at around i guess 2012 2013 to now where where these players like Elianuosi and most of the current crop didn't grow up with social media right. but now it's it's suddenly a big influence on them and their careers and they have to learn how to how to cope with it it it's something that hasn't existed before and nobody still really knows what the be- what the best way to deal with that is Um, and so it, it's interesting how these players respond to it and how they start to respond to it going forward. Cause it's still such a relatively new cultural thing. Um, that I, that I can go online and I can tweet at Jack Stevens and he, he gets that notification. Whereas even in the late, oh, the late noughties, um, that, that didn't exist. And you couldn't get in touch with your favorite player that you love to criticize uh, on the internet. But now you can with the flick of a couple thumbs. So it's just, it's interesting. We're in this, um, in this time right now. And that was a a weird tangent, but it was just, it's kind of interesting to think about for me.
0: Yeah. I mean, I mean, I remember growing up both with my dad watching sports and then my, my grandma was, uh, she was from, I think there's still some debate whether she came to this country or not. Um, (laughs) Who knows Um, if she came to the country, it was as a child. If she was born here, she was born in New York, but she grew up a Dodger fan and she used to sit. She loved the Lakers. She loved the Dodgers. um, And she would sit in her chair every night and she would just yell at them and call them bums. And that was as far as she (laughs) went, you know, that was the abuse. Um, And if she was really upset, she would go to bed before the game was over. Like that was a, a real thing if she was that frustrated, but Um, she used to sit there and just yell, Oh, for Pete's sake, all uh, in the top of her old, very old, um, Italian voice, which was great. Um, and, and now, like you said, we get on Twitter and we just let the player have it because we can't and it's not always great. and, And I'm not sure, you know, I, I still forget sometimes that there, there are very few professional footballers who are as old as I am, you know? And so it's, it's, I'm talking to a, a kid. I'm talking to people who are closer to the kids I teach age than, than my age, you know? And yeah. so it's, a, it, you wonder, you know, I wouldn't tell my students that if they were playing, because I know what that would do to them, even though yeah. they are strong and athletic and all this other stuff that there's a, you know, it's, it's just not, it's not the same. It's just, it's, it's, it's got, that's the, the stuff hurts and the stuff, you know, like, like, like you said earlier, there's a difference between criticism and abuse. And uh, we we have to find that that line I think and and you know make our feelings known but also make sure that we're not just just sending them down this this place of the, I'm making them feel terrible you know
1: yeah the the role of fans has kind of changed with social media I mean, it, it it just kind of it, it's a really cool time to be a fan because you get to be so personal with e- either the the team's social media account and it feels like Southampton is tweeting at you. And versus the, the, it, then it used to be as personal and fans definitely have a bigger role now than they used to. It's, it's kind of cool, but it also can be kind of dangerous.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Well, let's, let's, uh, let's, let's wrap that up and let's get to yeah. uh, a couple of the other things. We have some questions and of course people can always send in questions to Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. Uh, you can also drop a comment on the website at Southampton com if you want to have that. Um, then patrons, uh, always get priority for having their questions answered on the show. So we have some questions this week and let's see where I put them because I do not know anything while I'm looking for them. Um, do, I mean, while I'm looking for the questions and, and finding them, cause I seem to have lost them on this. I don't know how long this document is anymore. Um, did you see the news, uh, this morning? I, I woke up to it actually. Uh, that that Claude Poirot has been let go from from Leicester City.
1: Yeah, it's um, it, it kind of seemed like it, it was time. Um, we're starting to see the same fan unrest that was about <laughs> a, a, a in, in our fans at the end of that season, and it just kind of seemed like deja vu a little bit. Um, it's kind of interesting to look at Leicester's fans and us kind of nod our heads, like, yeah, we know, we know how you feel. And then they, they finally pulled the trigger and fired him.
0: Yeah, it's uh, the defeat. Uh, they, they had a pretty heavy defeat yesterday. Was it 4-1? Is that what it was?
1: Yeah, it ended up being 4-1. It, it was crazy because if you watched the game, it did not seem like it was going to be 4-1 Crystal Palace. But they Crystal Palace just killed Lester on the counter. And you could kind of see Claude at the end. He kind of knew he was doomed and at that point.
0: Well, I mean, he's had so many... Of those types of performances, like you could say it's unluck- unlucky on his on his part, but if he, if it keeps happening over and over and over again, that maybe maybe it's not unlucky. Uh, yeah, then maybe it's not unlucky. Maybe it it really is just it's just something that is the way you play and uh, you leave yourself open to that. And and I think you, there again, you had players who were not happy with him. It didn't didn't really ever seem like him and Jamie Vardy really really got on. There was that TV clip of, of Vardy kind of calling him something <laughs> a couple of weeks yeah. ago. Um. So, it you know that's it is what it is. So, um,
1: I think he's going to be a good manager. He's probably going to go back to France. He's going to pick up a team over there, and he's going to do fine. Yeah, Um, I think it was just the English style wasn't didn't suit him.
0: Yeah, the the guys I think it was the Football Weekly were talking like about boring press conferences. And I could be getting them mixed up with somebody else, but they said that they found Emory's press conferences to be more boring, uh, or like the most boring. And somebody said, well, what about Puel? And he says, well, those are just so dry that it's almost, it's almost comical how, how boring that is. Like it, there's yeah. a difference. It's just, there's just yeah. nothing there, you know? Yeah. Just, um, so yeah. Um, but Dan, who's at Holy Holyberg asks, he says, if, if that, if, if it's the purge where there's no legal consequences and you're locked in a room with Mr. Gao, what do you do? um, and, and you know, for me, I think whatever I would try to do, he would somehow overpower me and then force <laughs> me to watch um, just on infinite replay um, matches where Pellegrino was our coach and we would have to play that bo- That That's what would happen if I was there. Um, I won't go all the way back to Boyle because we did have some success under him, but um, yeah. I, I think that's, that, that's where my mind went. If, uh, if that was the perjury because there should be legal consequences for being forced to, to sit through all of those matches. But uh, I don't know if you want to take a crack at that question or not.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I guess I'm a weird dude. Like the first thing, like I'm fine. If you just give me reasons for what's going on, like my thing is, I just want to know why there hasn't been any investment. Like just give me a reason why we didn't invest in January. Give me a reason why we haven't brought in better talent. Like just, just, just why. And that'll help settle my nerves a little bit. And so I just, I'd interrogate him a little bit.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, just tell us what you want to do with the club and it's, yeah. it's okay if you're a really private person, but it's been 18 months and you've never spoken once. And, and yeah. the guys on the total saints podcast pointed out several times, that uh, you know, he's been showing up and talking to MPs and doing other things. Like he's maybe not as private as we've, we've, we've thought or been led to believe, but he still hasn't spoken to the fans at all. And, and whether it's his uh, requirement or not, I think it would go a long way and earn him a lot of, of uh, leeway, I think with the fans, if he were just to speak, uh, even if we don't necessarily like what he says, as long as you know, they show us, there's a plan, show us there's something going on. And, yeah. and then I think we'll all kind of go, Oh, okay. That and that's what it is. Um, but as of now, we just have to guess and, and, and trust that what Ralph Krueger says is true and, Sometimes, you know, he says the guy's super private and then he's on Instagram and Twitter. And like, it's like, well, like, what's going on? So it's a, it's kind of, it's kind of a mess. But I guess we'll just watch that situation. And um, maybe we should ask Dan the same question. We'll see what he says. But hopefully, hopefully he'll do that via text and not on (laughs) uh, uh, my favorite comments that we get when I ask for questions are always people just sending emojis in uh, or asking us to follow them. So we will not mention those names, but Kurt Zottle, who was on the show, uh, very, very recently hosted the BSO podcast says, uh, who was the best and worst player from today? And this came from Instagram. Uh, so uh, Christian, if you had to pick one, who, who would it be?
1: Oh man. Um, I guess if I had to pick one, that was the best. Well, kind of going along in my head. Okay. I, I'm, I'm going to say this and I know I'm going to get some bias. Um, comments from the people that are listening, but I'll, I'll go with James Webb Prowse. Um, I don't think he really did anything wrong today. doesn't necessarily mean he did anything great. I know he had a, a volley blocked, um, shot blocked, but he didn't do anything wrong either. He didn't lead anything to goals. He um, moved the midfield fine. Um, just a, anybody else I think about, I can point to like a small mistake, whether it was uh, my other go-to would have been Bednarik. Um and, and then I guess worst for the game has to be Stevens.
0: Yeah. I think if I, if I'm going to pick two people that are just different than what you said, just for the sake of, of bringing no, somebody yeah. else in the conversation, um, I probably say maybe Jan Valerie. I thought he did well today. Um,
1: Oh yeah. I want to change my answer to him.
0: Yeah. <laughs> That's too late. Jay's, Jay's going to crucify yeah. you for, for, for using <laughs> JWP already. Um, but I think, I think Valerie did, did well. Um, and we, we didn't mention target uh, and that kind of sweet strike he had towards the end um, yeah. that, that forced a save, but I think he struggled a little bit defensively um, yeah. obviously with Mkhitaryan getting the assist and the goal coming on his side. That's, that's not okay. Um, and if you had to say worse, it might be not necessarily in terms of the performance, but just the worst day today might've been, might be Omafemi. you know, coming back, um, yeah. getting on the pitch and then having to, to, to be taken off again. That's um
1: so frustrating, especially for such a young guy. Like you know, he just wants to get out there, improve himself, and just yeah, just just the worst of luck for him.
0: It's a all Dia level of minutes for him on the pitch uh, today, yeah. which is not great. <laughs> um, Ray Ray underscore eight four one zero is the host of the In That Number podcast, and he asks: Is Valerie ready to take the right back, right wing back role uh, going on into next season? Uh, do we buy or do we welcome Cedric back? Um, honestly, I think that the upside for Valerie is, is huge. Um, I think he's confident and he's strong. And if he can just kind of calm down on the, uh, uh, I would say the hot headedness, maybe I think he's going to be fine.
1: Yeah. I think, I think he completely is, is the person to go forward. And the only way he's going to get better is if he gets more experience. And the only way he's going to get more experience is that if he just keeps playing, and so I think he is the man to continue through the rest of the season, through next season, because um, he's only going to get better during the off season. And I think his potential and his upside is so high. Um, I, I think he definitely is is the person to lead us in that position forward. And I think we do have to let Cedric go in the summer. I know he's not having a great time at all over at Inter, um, but I, I do think we're going to have to let him go.
0: Yeah, find find somebody who's willing to take him, and I think let him let him go off and. Send him back to Portugal.
1: And I, I know Sporting would probably love to have him back in Lisbon. Um, yeah. And it would be good for him to finish his career there.
0: Yeah, yeah. I am Daniel Adam. Uh, says, what's the worst thing about today? But it just made me um, think uh, of a couple of things. Because, like like we said, the the I don't necessarily think I'll, every aspect of our performance was, was terrible. But there are a lot right. of things that happened today that were pretty bad. Um, from the result itself to Obafemi's injury to just some of the mistakes we made. So I have a little list. Um, it's not a, it's not a big list, but I'm going to ask you, uh, what was worse either today or, or these things. So, uh, what was worse, um, today watching today or, um, people who only sing two lines of a chorus over and over and over out loud.
1: Ooh. Um, definitely people who only sing two lines of a, of a chorus, um, back and forth,
0: um, people who are watching today or people who talk about how much they do CrossFit.
1: Oh, definitely CrossFit. I, I have a friend that all he talks about is CrossFit when we meet up. And we're like, dude, shut up. Like, <laughs> we know you do CrossFit. It's great. Good for you. We do not care.
0: <laughs> there are a couple of other dietary things that we could go into there, but I'll just lump that all all together with that. So we'll do that. Um, so watching today or uh, people who text and drive and therefore drive poorly.
1: Ooh, please. It, it's definitely texted and driving not text and drive. Um, I, I know I, I have a personal story with that. Um, but I, I know somebody who, um, was, was injured very badly after texting and driving. It was very, very scary. Um, so that, that's definitely worse.
0: Um, All right. So, I I mean, anybody who knows now that, that, that watches or listens to the show uh, watches, if you watch it, that's weird because there's no video, but um, (laughs) if you do, please don't tell me because it's just going to make me feel super awkward from now on. Um, But, but I I like coffee a lot. I, I am somewhat of a coffee snob, but um, you know, sometimes when you go to weddings or you go to like, uh, you know, any kind of event, they always have these like big metal kind of canisters that or like, I think, I think they're like giant percolators, but they usually just, they burn the coffee and then you have to serve yourself and it usually tastes, um, like burnt water, which is hard to do. Um, but that coffee or watching today,
1: you know, I, I'm going to go with, with watching today on that one. Cause coffee is good. And sometimes that's the only option. And I'll, I'll still take that coffee over watching today because at the end of the day, we're, we're in the relegation zone and that's
0: super scary. All right. All right. Um, one more watching today or websites with pop-up video ads.
1: Pop-up video ads (laughs) going to our, our soccer streams and having to click through the eight ads that are definitely giving my computer a virus.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, seriously. Um, but I mean, in all seriousness though, like the, the reason I decided to just go ahead and, and jot those down is because once again, just turning on myself. Like there are things that are worse than than today. Even though, like you said, we are in the relegation zone. Um, it's more just me trying to have a little bit of fun. And, and we're uh, we're
1: still better than Cardiff, and Car- Cardiff is one point above us. Yes. And if we can just get one point ahead of Cardiff at the end of the season, and we can totally do that, we'll be fine. Because Fulham and Huddersfield are definitely down.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, so if
1: we can just. Get a few results better than Cardiff, we're going to be
0: fine. Speaking of of Fulham, uh, going into and, and looking at future results, we have one question from M um, O A M fan Zachary on Instagram sent it to me via direct message. He says, "Gun of McCarthy on Wednesday. Who who are you starting with going into um, what some people will call a must win game uh, against against Fulham?"
1: Um, I, I might get some some flack for this, I guess, but I'd go with Gun going forward. Um, I do think he is our goalkeeper for the future. And the only way he's going to get better is through these experiences. And I just, I, I'm losing a little bit of trust in McCarthy just because of his command over his box, the way he deals with crosses coming in. Um, I, I, I go with gun personally. That's, that's a good, that's a hard question.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, remember what part of what our, our big, uh, complaint about Forrester was he's this big giant guy who wasn't kind of commanding the box. And then McCarthy came in and he was doing that initially. He was at least punching at stuff and, and, and coming for it. Um, I love dogs. I love other people's dogs. Other people's dogs can go on that list. Um, yes. I would put them watching them. there worse than, than, uh, than the game today. Um, yeah. but, uh, sorry, but uh, that's, um, I don't know. And, and, and suddenly we've, we found kind of McCarthy, not, not coming, not, not, not being as confident. And that is that that puts the defense in a weird position if they're not sure if you're coming or not. Um And at least this way uh, with, with, with gun, at least we kind of have an idea of, of what he's doing and, and that command, even at his young age seems to be uh, an issue. And, when I talked to the guys from the, from the Norwich podcast that I, that I talked to when he first came on, they were, they were pretty confident that he was going to be able, he wasn't going to shy away from, from commanding premier league quality center backs around. Um, and so I, I think he, I think he's going to be all right. But uh, that game against Fulham of course is, you know, there are other yeah. games to win. And if we go down, there's still football to be played, but, in terms of of reaching that 40 point mark, I think it's a, it's a, it's a big, big game. If we're going to uh, try to reach that, that level or that, that number of points for the season. So it's, it's going to be there. And and I think, I mean, you can correct me if you think I'm I'm off base a little bit, but I think that, that going, going up against a team like that, um, that's going to come forward. That is going to try to attack you and who is not good defensively. I think this is, this is about the best thing we can ask for in terms of uh, of, a, of a team to come up against right now.
1: Yeah, I think, I think coming out of our long break, you could look at Arsenal and be like, okay, we are probably not going to get a result against them. And Fulham was going to be the big one that was going to either make or break the rest of our season, really. Because after Fulham, it's Manchester United and Tottenham. And those are going to be very hard to get results with. And so the only other game like that, I guess is Brighton at the end of March. And so it's huge just for the momentum that we can carry into the the final third of the season.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, All right. I think that does it. I think we're, I think we've, we've covered about everything we can. Um, So thanks everybody who's sending their questions and, and remember people, you can do that in in a number of ways on social media or the website or whatever else. Um, but, but Christian, do you have anything else that you'd like to add before we kind of wrap this up?
1: Um, I I guess just, just my final thoughts, we have gotten into this negative mindset so easily, and it's really gone through every single facet of our club. But most importantly, it's really gotten into our players and you can look at most of our players and they, they lack confidence and they, it, it just has to change. And that's, been Hassan hardest thing to overcome is it's that confidence that that the players that the players need and we just need a little bit of confidence in the players and I hope we get that against Fulham and then that can carry into the rest of the season because we won't stay up if our players don't have the, the confidence in themselves and you didn't see that confidence today and so I hope he's able to communicate that to the players and the players are able to, to pick themselves back up over the, the few seasons now of, of poor management, but they're able to, to fix themselves mentally for, for, for this charge into the final third of the season.
0: Yeah. Cause they have to believe that they can do it. If they don't believe they yeah. can do it, then there's, it doesn't matter what we, what we think or what we say or what we do or what formation we play. It's they, they have yeah. to believe that they can get it done. And so um, hopefully, like you said, hopefully they do. Hopefully and Hassan Hoy-Bierd. can kind can, of Hoy- instill that in him. And, and I think it'll be, I I think Wednesday night will, will show a lot. It's how do you bounce back after a, a disappointing day and, and how do you, how do you show up to work the next day and how do you face kind of that issue and, and, and move on, I guess.
1: Yeah. And Ho- he- Hoybeard can get and give these press conferences as much as he'd like. That doesn't translate to the other players on the field. I do believe we're going to stay up. I, I believe we're going to stay up. We're better than Cardiff, even though, we lost against them twice. We're better than Cardiff. So we can definitely stay up above them. Um, it's just, I believe we can do it. I hope Hassan Huddle is able to change that
0: mentality. All right. All right. Well, that does it. Uh, if people want to follow you, they can do that on Twitter at Candler Nero, or they can head to the website at Candler.us. And both of those links are in the show notes. Uh, Christian, it's been fantastic to catch up with you again. And uh, I appreciate you doing this. And people will be able to find your writing again um, in just uh, not next week, but the week after on the uh, on the website or on the newsletter. I mean, yeah. And
1: thank you so much for for inviting me on. It's always a pleasure to be here.
0: Ah, oh, dude, my pleasure, my pleasure. Uh, but we'll talk to you next time. And that does it for episode 111 of the Southampton Delivery Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. I hope you've enjoyed it special thanks this week goes out to christian candler for joining me uh it was a tough day to talk after a disappointing performance especially when we both have people so close to us that uh, really like arsenal which makes it that much worse um my dog by the way you heard him on the episode i spoke with him at the beginning um he is now sitting directly underneath me and even though he's had a bath it's still pretty terrible um so that is uh, that some things are more terrible than the on-field performance and where we find ourselves in the table. um, Your dog could have just gotten sprayed by a skunk. (sighs) Anyway, there are other things we should talk about here, including the fact that you can find our partner, the Southampton page on Twitter and Instagram for all your Southampton FC news and needs. Be sure to follow the Southampton page on Twitter, Instagram, and even on Facebook. Logo design for the show comes courtesy of Matt Beeling of the We Are Southampton page on Instagram. Matt, who runs the page, has been a friend of the show for uh, as long as it's been a thing. And he's been on the show several times, and now uh, you can find him on uh, Wallpaper Wednesdays at Southampton FC. Uh, music credits for the show come courtesy of the free music archive. Uh, the intro song is Epic Song by Boxcat Games, and the end of the show credits that you're listening to right now, This Aim is True by Pottington Bear. If you are looking for information about the show, you can find that at SouthamptonDelivery.com. There are links there to find different platforms to listen to the show on. Uh, You can get to most things directly from uh, the website. Once again, it's SouthamptonDelivery.com. You can also sign up for the newsletter there, which will be out on Friday. If you're interested in following the show, uh, you can do that on Twitter or Instagram at SFCDELL underscore IVERY. We're also on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash SFC delivery. You can email the show at Delivery at gmail.com. And no matter how you do it, uh, just make sure you do it. And if you're enjoying the show, please consider leaving a review on iTunes and uh, letting us know and letting others know what you think about it. All right. Uh, that does it for now. Like I said, we'll be back on Wednesday with a Patreon only episode. We'll be back next week. Uh, with a regular episode on Tuesday. So thank you so much for listening. I hope that you've enjoyed it. And until next time, remember that together we march on.